What are you eating? Sorry, I didn't have lunch, so I'm eating now. Just okay, candy. I guess that works. I was eating a piece of candy. I thought I'll do it real subtle. <laughs> you can't eat candy and talk. I didn't think you would notice. <laughs> but now I'm realizing it's very apparent. Oh, my God. I'll have a drink then while you're eating. I almost I almost choked on that just now. <laughs> Trying to be as loud as I could with the water. Uh, oh, for, up, for, for comedy? For comedy, I, I almost died. Sorry. Is there any consolation of having real trouble with this? <laughs> Chewing this candy. What happened? We used to eat and drink all the time. Hey everyone ever, and welcome to 20th Century Pop, the show where we try to understand the present while living in the past. My name is Tim Blevins. And I am Bob Canning. And that sounded phony. What, my tone was... Which part? Good. Your part? My part. You sounded really like you were Bob Canning. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> but I'm just, I don't know, I was trying to move it along without being like, I listened to this one show and this guy's like, hey everybody! He does this radio voice, and it's so in- awful. And you didn't do that, week. though. No, I, mean, I was working hard not to, but I think in you working hard not to. You just said the usual opening in yeah. your usual way. I don't think that sounded fake at all. Uh, and I had to throw this in. Sorry. That's okay. I think we, we, we never do do-overs, so I'm not going to do that over. But No, we don't need to do it over. It didn't sound No, we got the all. momentum. We're moving we're forward. We're moving right along. We're right, right we're along. Right in, uh, I can feel the holiday spirit just swelling over us as we move forward. Sounds like someone put Segway on their Christmas list and got it. No, that was really good. I was in my head. I was trying to think, how do we do this? Well, uh, around this time last year, Tim, you, you and I watched through some of our favorite well, I don't know if they were our favorite, but some sitcoms <laughs> from the past. Uh, and, and their holiday episodes, Perfect Strangers. Uh, I believe Tim the Tool Man had a, a holiday episode. Um, and, uh, and, we, and Urkel taught us what it was like to love again or something. This year, instead of sitcoms, we picked some hour-long quote-unquote dramas from, from our past uh, that we've rewatched. Uh, it or watched for the first time. I'm not sure necessarily if if we both caught these when they originally aired. We watched a fifth season 1989 episode of MacGyver. Yes. Um, a yes, Christmas episode did. called the Madonna. Yeah. Now you're. Like, I'm thinking way back to um, an episode. But you're a fan of MacGyver, right? Uh, yeah, and I'm actually Tim. You have given me a gift this this season because I did not realize that MacGyver was streaming. Uh, on uh, was it Hulu, Amazon Prime, Amazon Prime, whichever I have it, I can watch all of MacGyver. I didn't know that was possible, and so I am thrilled that MacGyver is streaming. And I I hope we could do um, a future episode about MacGyver because this particular episode of MacGyver is shit. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh. Well, honestly. <laughs> From from a MacGyver fan, season five and beyond, I think they did six, maybe seven seasons. Um, actually, season season four and beyond, man, I'd have to go back and watch. But definitely season five is crap. This is when MacGyver, this is the era where MacGyver no longer was this international pseudo-spy, but instead was just your, your local handyman 
uh, out to help the community, constantly getting into some sort of socioeconomic issues and, and trying to, to get drugs off the streets and uh, protect boys from mean dads. I don't know. It was just became – it wasn't international espionage anymore. It was just this local tripe. Happy to hear you say that because, again, this isn't a show I ever really watched, MacGyver, when it was on. My brother liked it. Um, so I think he would be watching it. I might walk in the room. I love the theme song. Like I have a vivid memory it's of the theme, theme song. song. In fact, right? Even did it? I don't know if the sequence ever changed, but watching the opening credits, I remembered every beat of it. Like it's a very exciting, yeah, hairstyle of an opening. To I a think show. they updated some clips here and there, but uh, basically, yeah, the song remained the same. It's interesting that you're saying uh, the show was at one time an international. What was it like? It, it was an adventure show. Yeah. Right? Like what What, what was, because we're going to get to the episode in a moment, but I was a little confused. What was MacGyver's job prior to this? Like how did we, why were we following him week to week? He was, I mean, it's changed. And I'll be honest, I haven't gone back to MacGyver in, in quite a long time. So this is all just from memory. But he was, um, in like the first season, he was basically a, a spy for hire. Either to get, you know, a lot of episodes are about getting a kidnapped victim away from from whoever they were with. Uh, it was about finding information. It was pulling artifacts out of someplace. He was a modern day Indiana Jones with the hook that um, he never went into one of his adventures with gear. He never had a lot of gear and he never had a gun. Um, and he would just find things where he was to figure out how to get into things, get out of things, blow up things, escape from things. Um, and so that was that was the hook, as I'm sure a lot of us know, those, Mac those MacGyverisms. Was the show running out of money by season five? Because what struck me about this episode that we're watching, this Christmas episode of MacGyver, is it all takes place in just some city. <laughs> like it opens up, it, it's Christmas time. Um, and we get that. There's no cold open or anything. I, I, MacGyver goes from the theme song right into the episode. Well, for the first two – well, season one for sure and maybe even season two, <clears throat> they had what they called an opening gambit, which is basically one quick adventure of him trying to figure something out and using some, some tricks of his trade. Um, and yeah, they got rid of that in later seasons. They got rid of everything They got rid of everything. We should quickly sum up the plot because – Again, we were picking this because it's a Christmas episode. Um, the, the episode starts in a church, right? I, I don't know if this is a church we go to. Are these characters we know? I know this happens a lot in our dramas. You're given a bigger plot than the main characters. But it, who are these people in this it's, church? It's possible we know the the uh, the priest uh, at the church um, because he's an old friend of MacGyver's. And I know that there were some uh, flashback episodes and I remember this character. Uh, it seems like MacGyver hadn't seen this guy in a while. And so my presumption is that this is the first episode with this guy. But I think he comes back uh, because he's an old childhood friend of MacGyver's. Um, but we really don't know them when we first see the episode, I don't believe. Uh, but we do know the the crew from the Challengers Club. Oh, we do? Yeah. This, um before we get into the Christmas stuff, because I think there's tropes that all of these episodes Ow, share with Christmas specials. You okay? Yeah, I think <laughs> right. the table that I'm at. I'm so mad at this MacGyver. Um, <laughs> I was going to ask about this because MacGyver has a trope in this episode that I feel is very – it's break in two versus break in, 
kind of thing where yeah there's there's a place there's like a homeless shelter for kids called yeah, challengers like a, a, a boys a boys boys and girls club uh-huh. uh, called the challengers club and, and macgyver works there he volunteers there uh, on multiple episodes not on just multiple this episodes. Episode. the challengers club come season four or five is played up a lot he's there a lot helping uh, the kids out. Some kid is in trouble, and and he's helping him out. The Challengers Club needs needs to raise money, and they're helping him out. In this episode, they talk about uh, I I have the name written down here, but the woman in charge of the the Challengers Club, her husband uh, was murdered in a previous <laughs> episode. So there is continuity with that. Yes, okay. it was some gang that was trying to control. <laughs> That area of the city, challengers. That the, the generic city we're in, um, wanted control of that area and probably was trying to recruit gang members. And so this the gentleman that was also in charge of the Challengers Club was fighting that and trying to get kids out of that gang. And so they killed him. And I remember, we'll talk about that some other time maybe, but it was a pretty disturbing murder for my, you know, 14-year-old eyes to see. Um but so there is. Yes. I didn't realize that. I didn't realize that. So there's, there's definite continuity here. Yeah. Because all I saw was a rec center that has a, one of the tropes of the holiday. They're going to close us if we don't get enough money by Christmas. Right. Is what I saw. And you have the woman who's in charge actually asking, you know, how am I supposed to get through to you kids? Because there's some punk kid that might be her. I don't know if that's Breeze. her son. What's his name? His name is Breeze. So he, these are all characters. So this, these are, you would know these people, I guess. I didn't realize that. Well, I don't, I don't know if Breeze has been in previous episodes, but she's been in previous episodes. The Challengers Club, and and this whole conceit of him volunteering at a at a, a rec center, homeless shelter, helping the kids out area. In these later seasons, this is what he spent his time doing. All right. Which is not globe trotting. I mean, I guess it's a couple blocks away from where he lives. But here at the rec center, we prior to this, we get the first trope, which I always enjoy in a special to establish that it's Christmas. We hear that MacGyver, and this is a paraphrase of a quote, hates this Christmas stuff. There, he's in the car with some old guy. Who is the guy? Who's the other character on the show? Pete. Pete. Oh, from the Phoenix Foundation. I'm going to say that again because my throat cut <laughs> from the Phoenix Foundation. Pete, so Pete's a regular character. Pete is the regular character, so he works at the Phoenix Foundation. So he's very uncomplimentary looking. Midway through he's season chubby. one, yeah, his mouth is agape like a fish, and <laughs> he just always looks confused. I did not like that actor he, or character. He's he worked better in the earlier seasons. I'll say. I, I think the earlier seasons worked better because um, what, what we jumped right over at the opening of the episode at this church, there's some statue of Madonna, not the singer, but the, the mother of Jesus that gets stolen. Yeah. And they freak out. There's this woman who's really cleaning the church. She's cleaning the shit out of it. That Irish woman, Mrs. Wilson. Very angry. She, she is. But she's also, I mean, she's scrubbing everything down. AIDS free is what she's making it. But yeah, some statue is stolen. I guess that's a big deal. And then we cut to a car where MacGyver and what's Pete? Is that his name? Pete. Pete are coming out of a store with all these rap presents. And there's holiday music on the radio. And yeah, MacGyver turns it off because he hates this Christmas stuff. And 
I don't know if that's been established before. I don't know if that's just tacked onto it, but I was ready to follow the episode on that because that's a trope I like, the character who hates Christmas. Yeah, I feel like it's tacked on. You do. I could be wrong because they do go into his past and I might just not be remembering previous episodes where they talked about his mother. Um, well, that's the thing. You get a lot of history about him in this. His yeah. mother's dead. Yep. Um, I guess she died when he could have come home. But I, I, I was like, that's why he hates the holidays. Apparently, it happened around the holidays. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he didn't get home, and she had suffered a stroke, and couldn't get home, and she passed. That's bleak. Yeah. Not just for a Christmas episode, but for what I assume is a MacGyver episode. That's pretty Well, no, down. I mean, they've had some bleak moments in MacGyver, but they yeah, that's rough. Okay. that's rough. That's rough. Especially for character development. Did yeah. you, did that play for you? Liking the character and liking the show, did that have any resonance for you? Um, uh, it, it, I think it would have if, if the episode had been better. Well, what what would you say maybe brings this episode down a notch? What would might be something like a trope or character or mixture of both that maybe hurts this episode? Well, there's a, a couple things maybe, but one thing that just bothered me was this this homeless lady that shows up <laughs> out uh, of nowhere, uh, pushing uh, a cart, pushing a cart, and uh, Pete and MacGyver, being the good citizens that they are. Uh, decide to help her, and they take her to the Challengers Club. Well, because they have to because she gets beat up. She, yeah, she gets roughed up. Very well-dressed punks who <laughs> come out in their sweaters shouting, Hey, Mama, how you doing? <laughs> out of nowhere. And they want to steal her cart because that's what punks do. They take stuff from the homeless? I, I guess. But she's, uh, yeah, she's kind of like good-natured. She's goofy she's wacky but she's you know maybe not all there but she goes willingly to the center yeah and i don't know i is, is that a famous actress is that someone we should know i don't recognize her at first i thought it was um uh mrs cunningham from happiness oh, i forget I her wish name. that would add uh, some it, sexuality to this <laughs> sexless episode of MacGyver. but no i think she's just uh just a uh, one-off actress here in this episode. I don't think she's been in many other things. I didn't recognize her at all. But she gets introduced as if she's an important character, and she kind of crosses paths with Breezy. Was that the, 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 the son's Breeze. name? Breeze. Breezy might have been better, but it's just Breeze. <laughs> well, she kind of notices that Breeze doesn't want to help out around the uh, the, sh- the, the the center. Apparently, they're going to be yeah. putting on, they're gonna a, put on a, a Christmas show. show. They need to raise money, so they're going to put on a show, man. Which, not to jump ahead and ruin it, they put on a horrible <laughs> show. A depressing show that priests, the homeless lady, <laughs> and people who are, are going into, uh, you know, like, s- shock from lack of the heroin needles come to watch. <laughs> and it's children... It's children standing yep. on a stage, lip syncing to a very professional choir, uh-huh. just singing holiday songs. And it's depressing as fuck. Oh, yeah. It's the worst thing. But leading up to that, yeah, Breeze is supposed to help set up for this because this is going to raise money. <laughs> the audience that I just mentioned. <laughs> they need the bar- What do they need? $9,000 or something? They need like a that? lot of money yeah. is what they need. And they're going to get it on Christmas Eve from the homeless and 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 people who, who couldn't make it to rehab. But Breeze doesn't want to help set up. And Breeze's father is who died, right? He's the no, son. I don't think. No? No, no, no. They're not related. Then why uh, does he care that this guy's gone? 
Well, because he meant a lot to him. He he got okay. him off the streets. All right. He helped. He was the father so, figure, but not his biological father. And so while it is a show called MacGyver, about an individual named MacGyver, the plot we're following that gets us to what I think was the most intolerable, painful scene of the episode, uh, Breeze and this homeless lady wind up in a pool hall. Yeah. And they start <laughs> shooting pool because she's trying to get them. I don't know. She's trying to tell them that, you know, Christmas isn't what you got. It's what you give. I don't know. You know, some crap like that. And we have what feel, felt like 17 minutes of characters that are unrelated to MacGyver, unrelated to what we come to MacGyver for, unrelated to the adventure and action of MacGyver, but without which we'd have no story because they are, for some reason, the main characters in this fucking story. Yeah. And the MacGyver story that, that you found interesting at the beginning with his mother only gets hinted to maybe two other times. Um, and, I mean, they wrap it up, they give you some closure, which could have been effective, uh, but because of the just the crappy nature of the rest of this episode, it loses everything. Now, there's two things somehow we haven't mentioned that I do want to bring up. First of all, what MacGyver's known for, MacGyvering stuff, as it's called, I assume every episode he MacGyvers something, correct? Well, apparently he has to. Yeah, because he didn't he didn't necessarily have to MacGyver anything in this episode. And it's a stretch to say that he did. Well, what did he do, though? Because I took notice of this (laughs) as the MacGyver moment of the episode. This is the one MacGyver moment of of the episode where the uh, the stagehands, including Breeze, are trying to move the stage from one side of a small room to the other side of a small room. And it's going very unsuccessfully. They knock over all these uh, uh, lifting, you know, weights, um, free weights that they uh, knock over. And the the woman comes out and yells at them for not doing a better job. And then Breeze takes off. And that leaves MacGyver with these younger kids trying to figure out what to do. So he goes over and he picks up one of the dumbbells. He uh, twists it on top of the stage so everyone can see that it moves uh, like wheels in that it is round. And then he says, here you go. And he wedges it underneath the stage and says, actually, I don't even know if he says anything. I think one of the kids says, oh, man, use the dumbbells like wheels. Why didn't I think of that? And then. uh, Awesome. That's That's so cool. That's your MacGyverism for this. How are they going to move that riser? I guess they could. Well, they could have picked it up together and moved it. But instead, he used barbells as wheels. That's thinking. That's the character. That was. Yeah, I don't. I don't get this episode. Yeah, I don't get episode, why you would call this MacGyver. It's not and what, MacGyver. You're right. It's not MacGyver. It's barely television. Well, it was on television. Does MacGyver exist in a world, would you say, the world of MacGyver, the, the exaggerated reality of the show? Yeah. Does magic exist in that? In fact, yes, actually. I, I thought you might bring this up. Um, we're going to spoil the ending for everyone here. At the end of the episode... What happens? Well, um, turns out Carol, the homeless woman. That's her name. Yeah. Like a Christmas Carol. Like a Christmas Carol. She had, uh, apparently she had $9,000 in her pocket. Wait, that's how much they needed at at Challengers. (laughs) Right. So she left it for them. After everything had happened. After everything had happened. After they freaked out and they didn't have the money that they were trying to raise. Correct. 
and uh, she disappears. She, her having come out of nowhere and just showing up. Just showed up out of nowhere, and now, and now she's suddenly gone. We don't know where she is. But, but she kind of touched everyone's life. She touched she everyone's say? life. Would you say she in touched such a Breeze's way. life? Oh, a magical she, way. She changed Breeze. She made MacGyver think differently about her de- his dead uh, his dead mother. That's um, true. We haven't we haven't even mentioned the man who carved. The Madonna statue. Oh, the Madonna statue that was missing at the, the beginning. The missing Madonna statue and yeah. who had lost his wife and had then shunned the church and now is suddenly back involved with the church. We haven't even mentioned him and how he suddenly comes back around to the church and delivers the ugliest baby Jesus I have ever seen <laughs> um, to carved the church. Carved out of wood. Carved out of wood. Um, and uh, yeah, she's gone. But you know what's back? Mm. The Madonna statue. What? Yeah, the Madonna statue is back. Shortly after the bag lady vanished. She shortly after she was gone, the Madonna statue comes back. And you know what's interesting? Um earlier in the episode when she got beat up by those thugs, she had injured her her palm. That's right, she had a bleeding palm. Yeah. And uh, turns out that the Madonna statue everything was fine with it upon its return except it had kind of scuffed up its palm. So we are led to believe with a little sly look from Pete to MacGyver and MacGyver to Pete that perhaps something magical happened that day, that fateful New Year's Eve, which I'll assume happened all on New Year's Eve. Why not? Christmas Eve. Sure. Christmas Eve. Not That's New right. Year's. Different holiday. Doesn't really matter for this particular episode. But. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, there magic does exist in the world of MacGyver. Because the fucking statue came to life. That's right. This episode of MacGyver, which I came to expecting some action- Forces us to sit through a sad, boring, barely well. It is Christmas. It's very heavy on the Christmas, but it's very just boring episode, just to give us a moment where MacGyver and the other guy exchange looks of "Wait a minute, was that statue what?" And their life goes on fine. <laughs> they have legitimately <laughs> witnessed the paranormal and a horrifying idea that because something inanimate came to life with thoughts ideas could communicate could do things had money and now has ceased to be and in its place is this ugly carved madonna statue she's dead she never existed she's sentient wood she has to stay in that position it's 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 a horrifying prison it's as scary as like the whole Medusa story. Like what happens to the human mind when it's turned into this? It, it, it really threw me and I hated it. I hated this episode. It was not enjoyable. There were Christmas tropes, but you know, there was no snow. There's barely any MacGyver. And I just, it felt like someone, someone churchy came to the MacGyver writing room and said, I've got an idea. And they had the paste MacGyver onto it. Oh, exactly that. It's like, this was a story for some other show or maybe uh, a spec. What other show would this work I don't on? know, but maybe it was a spec screenplay and, and somebody just m- manipulated it into a MacGyver episode. Um, I think it could have worked if it was done better. I think the actress was crappy. I think it was too hammy when, you know, because I kind of knew what was going on pretty early on. Um, it could be because I remembered this episode, but I don't really remember originally seeing it. I was going to ask, were you watching the show at this point? I, I saw episodes at this point. This was the season of the Colton Brothers, which there are some good episodes with the Colton Brothers. Uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. was one of the Colton Brothers. Uh, we'll talk about that on a future uh, MacGyver <laughs> episode. <laughs> I don't know. This this did not make me want to go back to MacGyver. No, it wouldn't. I don't recommend this to anyone who has never seen MacGyver. 
And somehow MacGyver went four seasons without a Christmas episode, <laughs> which is what almost boggles my mind more. How did this action adventure show uh-huh. about a guy who, oh, that's how. Yeah. MacGyver is not a show you would go to for Christmas. No. Do you think an hour is too long for a Christmas-themed something? Do you think dramas just don't handle Christmas well on TV in an hour? Um, not with the three episodes of television that we watched. I think it might be possible. I think it might be possible, but I don't think it happened here. So you're saying of the three episodes we watched, none of them felt Christmassy for you? There's no perennial classic in this? Uh, no, sir. I'm going to... Contradict you. You are. are Not correct you, because these are opinions. But if we're going to go to the second thing that we watched, um, a little backstory here. Last year, when we watched four Christmas sitcoms, like we said, half hours, I went into it thinking, well, two of these shows I know, two of them I don't care for. The two I knew were Perfect Strangers and Cheers, and they were passable, they serviceable, whatever. Uh, Home Improvement was the one we watched. It was awful. Hated it. Family Matters was a show that surprised me beyond belief last season. It was a Christmas episode that loudly struck you in the head with a candy cane, threw Christmas everywhere, and really brought out this magical feeling in me that made me love the show on the basis (laughs) of a sole Christmas episode. That was Family Matters last year. I experienced that again this year with a show that I knew and I was familiar with and I even watched But the second program we watched, the season two, episode 11 uh, episode from 1983 of a program that I used to watch the opening credits of, much like MacGyver, because I love the theme. And I used to play a little bit because I had some Matchbox cars. We watched a Christmas episode of Knight Rider. Yes. Entitled Silent Night. With a K. With a K. Which made me think I maybe all titles of the show are puns. And this I fucking loved. As a Christmas episode? I think so. Ah. I I mean it opens to the tunes of a perennial holiday classic. It opens with Owner of a Lonely Heart playing <laughs> okay. as Kit okay. drives for seven minutes. It's weird. All the shows we watched, because they're on the West Coast, there's no snow. No, there was no snow in any of these. Which is impactive. It doesn't quite feel like Christmas. But this this episode opens with Michael Knight, David Hasselhoff, without his red turtleneck, but in a lovely unbuttoned, uh, shiny black shirt and his leather jacket, just driving around. And it's Christmas. And we know this because there's poinsettias everywhere, I guess. But we've got the perfect setup. This is ties into a little bit to the Christmas, the Star Wars Christmas album we talked about. We have Michael Knight, lonely guy, Michael Knight, talking to his car, Kit, who can talk back. And Michael, as we find out, Michael Knight, the, the, the amazing David Hasselhoff, loves Christmas. He fucking loves it. <laughs> and because of that, we get another one of my favorite tropes. Michael has to explain Christmas to something that doesn't understand Chris- Christmas, in this case, a car named right. Kit. Right. And... Kit's asking, why are people in the Christmas? And Michael's telling him all the great things about Christmas. And two things were happening here that just won me over. One, I just, I love that. Because it's like, it's easy to comprehend. If you programmed a car to understand society, it's going to know what Christmas is. There's no deepness to it. Hearing someone explain to the car and the car having to grasp it was interesting. But what I loved about this is David Hasselhoff performing as Michael Knight, who was a tragic Lonely Man, if you did Night... You know how there's that Garfield without Garfield comic strip? 
Yeah. <laughs> Where they show Garfield comic strips, but you take Garfield out, so it's just John talking right. to nothing. Depressing. You could do that with Knight Rider, because we all talk to appliances. We talk in our cars. That's this show. But David Hasselhoff imbues every line delivery, every syllable with such a weird... I have to be honest. I don't know what he's doing. I don't know if he's got an accent. I don't know if he's stoned. I don't know. I don't know what he is. But it's so engaging to listen to him speak in this. And he's so engaging to the point, and we'll get into the plot in a minute. There is a moment during this episode, and we'll get to it, where Michael Knight is just doing something on screen. And I'm watching the show, and I'm taking notes. And I took the time to say out loud, sincerely, with what I was watching, Michael is a good man. He's so fucking engaging. He gives thumbs up. He gives high fives. Two things that I normally hate. And it's so sincere. Because he's this lone, they say in the opening, a man who should not exist. He's this lonely man who is connecting with the world by driving through it. So there's no anchors. There's no solid ground. Well, I think part of what is off, off-putting about Michael Knight, in, in a good way, is that opening about a, a lonely man, a man who should not exist. Yeah. And he's such a jovial, kind of happy-go-lucky type of guy, at least in this episode. He's amazing. I could not get enough of him in this episode. <laughs> and it felt very sincere, and I don't know why. Because he, but, he's a good actor. Well, I don't know if that's true. No, in this. It's fantastic. Well, in this he is. This is the role he was built to play. Right. But, um... One thing that Kit can do, he can talk to people via a little TV screen. So that's at the beginning. We find out it's Christmas, not just because he's explaining it to Kit, but because uh, Michael works for a foundation uh, called the Knight Foundation, which I think is the company that built Kit. Yeah. And uh, there's an old man named Devin, or I think as Mike, as Michael likes to call him, Devon, who is kind of this, this white-haired old guy. Um, who talks to Michael, and he's on the screen, sur- and he's surrounded by poinsettias. Again, that's how they show you it's Christmas. He's surrounded by these red plants. And he's basically saying, there's a big Christmas party tonight, and you've got to be here, Michael. I need you here. I don't know why, but I can relate to that. I've thrown parties back when I was single where I need my best friend to be there, or I need the person who's entertaining to be there. And Devin needs Michael Knight to be there. And it gives us a ticking clock because the party is that night. And it's a Christmas party because of all the poinsettias. And he has to get a tuxedo. That's right. He has to get a tuxedo in time. And if he doesn't, that's okay because Devin has one for him that he uh, displays. And it's ruffly and just horrid. Um, But yeah, so there's, there's that also. You know, it's not just a Christmas party. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's got a good start. And I like that because, and similar to the MacGyver thing, it's giving us the trope of explain Christmas to me. It's setting up that it's Christmas. And what this episode does is, like all of us in life, on Christmas Eve or whatever, some of us still have to go to work. Some of us still have to go to the doctor, to the store, have to give people calls. Life goes on. And in the case of Knight Rider, it's Christmas Eve, but Michael... Michael's got to hit a kid with his car and get involved in this kid's <laughs> life. And that's what happens because we see the the plot start to build right after this where there's a um, – basically the opening to the Dark Knight happens. There's a bank robbery with these guys in clown outfits and they steal this money from a bank. And uh, somehow through that, they get – there's this um, – so they steal this money They and then somehow some kid gets involved, this kid named Tino – um, who is a, he's, I think he's a Spanish kid. Um, yeah, we'll say, well, well, Romanian, I believe. 
Oh, is that, is that right? I, I think so. Because the episode makes a point of calling him, and I'm sorry, because this is actually offensive. N- no shortage of this word in the episode. Every chance they get, this kid is what they call a gypsy? Yeah. Stevie Nicks sings it in a song, or yeah. Stevie Nicks sounded like that they play. The kid keeps identifying himself as that way. Everyone calls him that. Basically, he, he his culture, they kind of live in like a like they set up shop for a little while, then they move on, like yeah. a carpool almost. And so he's, as he says, a gypsy, and he lives on the streets. He's got a sister who has a poinsettia shop. Good thing, because they're going to run out of it. But this kid is kind of like a fast-talking guy. He could easily fall into a life of crime, but he hasn't yet. But he well, steals no, no, a he watch. he has. He steals a he watch. He is in, he... Well, he steals a watch from a thief, though. Well, is that okay? To steal from a stealer? To steal from a stealer? Yes, to steal from a Philadelphia Flyer, not so much. Is that right? Is that <laughs> we'll take that. That's good. Okay. But uh, he, so Tino steals a watch from one of the guys, one of the guy, tough guys we saw rob a bank. They go to run after him, and as he comes running out onto the street, yeah, Michael Knight hits him with his car, and he feigns being uh, severely injured. Does he? He was hit by a car, but he fakes it. Uh, to he get Michael, he says, call. take me to a hospital. That I mean, it's his way to get away from these three guys. That's true. And so Michael puts him in the car and they take off. And then uh, I don't know how soon after, but Kit does a body scan and, and is like, no, this kid's fine. He's pulling your chain, Michael. That's true. And so the kid is just trying to get something out of Michael. So Michael could easily just drop him off, I guess. It wouldn't be the most honorable thing to do, but he could tell the kid to get out of the car. But what does Michael do? Well, one, he puts on some really cool sunglasses. I was very impressed by the sunglasses he's had. But he takes the kid to his sister's. He's looking out for the kid. This kid seems to have it rough. This kid's got a hard life. And so Michael takes him to his sister's, but he can't stay with his sister's. So Michael's going to take him to the gypsy caravan? Yeah, his uncle. Okay, his uncle. Yeah. Now, Michael's got something to do. He's got to get dressed for Devin's party. He's got to get that tuxedo. And this kid kind of, even though he did hit a kid with his car, he's in the right somehow because the kid's lying to him. Michael does not have to do anything he does, but he takes this kid who turns out to love Kitty, loves cars. He's not, he's very unfazed by a talking car. So Michael just takes him for a drive. Like they drive for the duration of the Fleetwood Mac song Gypsy, which is playing on the radio. And they just drive around because he wants to get him to the uncle. They stop at a uh, farmer's market. He buys him an apple. He buys him an apple. He buys two apples, one for each. That's not how you feed a starving kid, but he buys him an apple. A very lengthy scene. That was and my just... favorite moment of the episode. <laughs> yeah, it... There's no reason to stop at this place, but they do. It is. I, I thought that too. It establishes that as a location because they come back to it. Yeah, and it's. I think it's like a. Like I don't even know what it is, but it's. It's not a place that is known to be selling apples. Like it's it, from the outside. It's I think it's like a pumpkin patch or something. I don't know. It's a farmer's market. I think I it's just it, people gathering, selling their wares, which in this case are apples. But it just regardless seems of so it, strange that that's what they decided to do is, hey, let's stop here and get one apple each. <laughs> well, that's, maybe that's all Michael can afford. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, he gets the kid to uh, to where he wants to go. Um, he kind of leaves him there. The kid, it turns out, uh, his uncle is like a big a big head of this traveling caravan of people and he sells the kid out. Oh yeah. Sells the kid out to the, to the thieves. And, uh, Michael somehow, I don't, this is where I'm a little confused. Michael finds out and goes back to save him, I guess. Yeah. He goes back to the sister for some reason. 
and uh, realizes the shop is closed. And there's another guy involved who happens to also be there. He had bumped into him, and this is another guy that sold out the kid. And so Michael's like, what's going on? Where's 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 the sister? Where's the kid? And he gets the information um, uh, for I can't remember what location. He goes to it. Um, the guy's – it's a little shack, and yeah, there's a whole bunch of weirdness that happens. There's a lot that goes on. Yeah. And eventually, uh, Michael goes to save the kid with Kit. Kit takes on a corn thresher. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's exciting. It was There's kind exciting. of a fight. It was I mean, a good. It was the most enjoyable of these three episodes that we watched. It was far it was really better fun. than MacGyver. A lot going on, and just in case we we're about to forget, at the end of it, yeah, the, the 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 thieves get arrested. Michael and the kid, I guess, are friends. And so what happens is right after Michael saves them, they're in the middle of a cornfield. There's corn everywhere. Kid is glistening because he just took on that corn thresher. There's probably fresh bullets that have been shot in the air. The kid turns to Michael and and asks him very quickly, and I'm not sure why, what's the matter? Do you got something against Christmas? And kind of laughs at it. Michael says, oh, Merry Christmas. So that reminds <laughs> us that it's Christmas. Yeah, we needed that reminder. And it's still not even there over. Weren't any, it wasn't a poinsettia field. No, it wasn't. It should have been. Yeah. So it's kind of sandwiched in there. And then Michael, it's not over yet. Michael brings the kid back to his sister. We find out that the kid's going to go to college. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> the, the, the woman thanks Michael. It sounds like this kid's life is going really well. Michael gets in the car. Kit and him have another conversation. They're reminded they have to go see Devin. Kit somehow bought a gift. <laughs> Socks. <laughs> Earlier in the episode, we learned Michael made it very clear he does not like Argyle socks, but Kit bought the socks for Devin. He didn't buy anything for Michael. Michael seems a little hurt by this. <laughs> and they drive off. And they drive off. And that's your Christmas sandwich, beginning and the end. Christmas and sandwich. I'll be honest, I think this is how you do Christmas on an action show. It would have been cool if there was snow, yeah. but Christmas was basically the B plot. You know, it's still very present and it ties things together. There's family. Uh, yeah. there, I mean, there's. It's another kid. I mean, the you know, it's kids' stories. I uh, I could have done with a little more poinsettias, but I just feel like this kept me involved because it, it was a fun episode. It wasn't going out of its way to introduce statues that are people, and, and it wasn't playing on your heartstrings. It played me emotionally because Michael's a good. It stuck true to the character. He's a good guy. He's helping people out. Yeah. You got so much of a kit driving around. I mean, this, I'm not into cars, but if I was, I would have had grease stains all over my pajamas by jerking off to this. Thing. <laughs> well, I, I liked it too because um, there was a nice shot of the dashboard of, of Kit, which you don't see that often because he, he doesn't often have somebody else in the car with him. And so you got to see a lot of those buttons and shiny lights, and that was pretty awesome for me. All those buttons are labeled, and yet Tino, when he's in the car, was pressing things saying, what does this do? And it's like, well, it says Turbo Boost. But I don't know. I I will be honest. This, this episode's available for streaming on NBC online. You can watch it for free. There's a link in the show notes. I paid for this. I paid for it on Amazon. So now I own it for $2. And I will probably begin watching this every Christmas with that family. Members. Well, and then you'll find as you rewatch it that it's not really a Christmas episode because you you in your explanation even pointed out they sandwich christmas on the front and at the end it's a night rider episode a general night rider episode where he finds himself being the hero for some unfortunate soul that's what they were that's what all the episodes were 
Um, but that's what you tune into the show for. You're right. not tuning into it for some help the children. God exists. Here's a talking statue with some money. No storyline. I, th- I feel how like disappointing was that MacGyver because it had nothing to do with why we tune into the show. It was everything to do with. I agree Christmas that MacGyver Schmaltz. didn't do it well either. But it, I feel like MacGyver at least tried to bring in some more Christmas. <laughs> where I think this was just a Night Rider episode. And not a Christmas Did you count episode. how many poinsettias are in this fucking I, I episode? I did not. I lost track after 12. It's um, very Christmassy. This was. I, um, I don't think I, it's Christmassy. I don't think it is. Like you said, there's no snow. They're in the desert most of the time. Um, I mean, that's, yes, I feel that. But again, I grew up on the East Coast. You grew up on the East Coast. You're out on the West now. Your, your Christmases don't have snow. True. But my Christmases have, there was no, there was no lights. There were no Santas. It could have been more Christmassy. Is what I'm saying. And the storyline could have involved Christmas more, is also what I'm saying. Because the storyline itself just was your generic help somebody out storyline. It wasn't Christmas related. But I, Michael loves Christmas. He made it very clear and he in the hates first, Argyle socks. He in made the first that very five clear. minutes and in the last five minutes. Yes. Sure. None of the other, none of the and rest of the, of the episode. All of the points set is in between. None I don't of the know. rest of I, the episode could have, it could have been any other time of the year. Could have been the St. Patrick's Day episode. Well, no, because that wouldn't be poinsettias. No, but but what I'm saying, it would have been shamrocks. That's, that's all I'm saying. There, it wasn't Christmas. I feel the MacGyver episode, as bad as it was, was more Christmassy because you at least had uh, a church involved. You had the Madonna. You had a little baby Jesus. Uh, you had a Christmas miracle. That was more Christmassy. Shitty though it was, this... Had some nice little Christmas moments, but it wasn't a Christmas episode. You're not going to watch this every year because of the holidays. You'll watch it whenever you want to watch it because it was a fine Knight Rider episode, but yeah. it's not a Christmas episode. Well, that's maybe why I like it. Like if I was watching – if when the Knight Rider was on, if I had been a huge fan watching it week to week as a child – when the Christmas episode aired, December 18th, 1983, that would have been exciting because I would have been watching Knight Rider anyways. It's holidays. I'm excited for Christmas. Christmas is next week. Oh, I'm so thrilled. I tune into my favorite show. And he's talking Christmas. It's in there. That would be that's that's a nice ride. That's I've got the thrill of the show plus mention of Christmas. But it's not a Christmas episode. You're you're not gonna be excited to watch it the next year. You're never gonna need to see it again. Um and maybe that's the case. Maybe that's the case with all sorts of television show uh, holiday specials. There aren't really a lot that we bring back. The ones we bring back are specific to the holidays: a Charlie Brown Christmas, you know, uh, Garfield Christmas. Um, but you're not going to watch a, another episode of uh, Family Ties, a Christmas episode. I don't know. I've, I have no recollection of a Family Ties Christmas episode. I'm sure there were several. Um, but you just don't go back to it because you have to tell the story. You can't break out of telling the story of, of the characters and have just this one-off mini-movie of a Christmas story for that set of actors. Because you still have to tell a Knight Rider story. And so that's why the Christmas is just tacked on. And I feel like Christmas is sort of tacked on on the next uh, episode as well. In, in, a, in a terrible, terrible, blasphemous way. So you're calling this next one blasphemous? Absolutely. Wow, that was angry. I'm sorry. <laughs> wow. 
Because a moment ago, and we should get into this because I, I know why you feel that way. Uh-huh. Um, you're talking about how with a Christmas episode, you, how do you make it special? Things that are Christmas are special, but you have to stay, stay true to the story as well. This next show that we watched, it's not a show I watched when it was on until well into its run. So these are not episodes I would have been watching in its heyday. We watched a third season 1992 episode of Beverly Hills 90210. And this episode, this Christmas episode of Beverly Hills 90210 was uh, from season three, uh, was aired on December 16th, 1992. <laughs> the title of it, the title of the episode that, that, that maybe gives something away. If you know Christmas specials, if you're maybe a connoisseur of, of classic Christmas and you've done your research, this title might mean something to you. The title of this particular Beverly Hills 90210 episode from 1992 is It's a Totally Happening Life. Totally Happening. It's a Totally Happening Life. That's the title. Is that, and that, that's based on something, right? There, that's, that's from something? Yes, I was very much looking forward to this episode uh, to put a spin on It's a Wonderful Life. Right. The, the classic, one of your favorite films. Oh, one of my absolute favorite films. I think many people would say that. Um, the Jimmy Stewart cl- Christmas classic um, where uh, um, we follow a man through his life. We see uh, what's gone well for him, what's gone poorly for him. And we, we reach a point where he's in great pain and he is is possibly going to commit suicide and so the angels come down clarence the angel comes down to show him what the world would have been like without him very easy to understand that concept jimmy stewart's gonna commit suicide in that movie oh yeah he oh had, I've, I've only seen it once no well we'll, we'll but i've seen plenty of parodies and versions of it you didn't see one this past week <laughs> Because well, that's what I was expecting. I was expecting a a version of 90210 where somebody in the show was going to see what their life, what the world would have been like if they weren't in it. Because that's what It's a Wonderful Life is. That's what It's a Totally Happy Life states that it should be. I mean, that's the title. So you're going to be parroting It's a Wonderful Life. But that's not what they did. I don't know. You do Perfect. it. 90210 normally show about kids in high school, uh, Brenda and a bunch of other people who aren't Brenda, um, and their trials and tribulations. And it's it's a soap opera. There's a lot of plot lines and characters that one would have to keep track of. And if you weren't watching the show, that could be difficult. Um, I say all that because this episode opens up in space. <laughs> it opens just like the movie opens. You get it an does. establishing shot. It opens just shot. like It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah, you get an establishing shot of, of the Earth. You don't have you don't have exactly the same opening because you get um, various shots of Bedford Falls in the movie and voiceovers of people praying for George Bailey and, and hoping that things will go okay for him. You don't get that, but you do get establishing shot of the Walsh's house and then it pans up to the universe to the stars and the stars talk because that's what happens in the movie. That's how the angels. So magic exists in this universe. You would think. I immediately saw that and I thought, oh, this is fantastic. This is going to be like an Elseworlds 90210 episode that doesn't have anything to do with the, the greater storyline. It's going to just be a weird little what if. 
And that's fantastic. That's what a, a Christmas episode could and should be. It should You're stand- wildly mixing your comic book publishers, by the way. That's fine. I don't mind that. Elseworlds, DC, what oh. if, Marvel. Yes. Well, thank goodness there were no Star Wars androids in this episode. <laughs> Sorry. They're called droids. <laughs> that's so it does open up. So you thought, oh, good. This is going to be like the movie because we're given – it's the guy, the voice of uh, some female voice is one of the, is an angel. It's a star that's pulsating, which is how it works in the movie, too, right? The pulsating yeah. stars. Are, and then the other one is voiced by Joey Tribbiani's dad. Yeah. From Die it's Hard 2. That's right. He's the cop in Die Hard 2. Yeah. Or is that Mr. Twinkasetti? I'm no, no, no. That's uh, Pumbaa. That's, okay. That's Pumbaa. So you get these two stars talking. And yeah, it's like the opening to It's a Wonderful Life. And... It's odd because it's the first thing we're given. Exactly. If I, if I was coming to this show every week, I would be like, what? This is strange. But but you'd also be giddy with excitement because it's the holiday season. And wow, this is It's a Wonderful Life on 90210. It's uh-huh. my favorite holiday movie and my favorite teenage soap opera. I'm going to be so excited for this. You like this more than Silver Spoons or Hey Dude? Um, I didn't actually watch 90210 religiously. I watched it enough, but usually to make fun of it, to annoy my brother, who did enjoy watching it. Do you think he would have liked this episode? Um, I think so. He also enjoyed It's a Wonderful Life. Oh, okay. um, So I think he would have kind of liked it. He, he liked the show, so I think he would have been okay with the fact that they didn't do It's a Wonderful Life. They started it. They start with these angels. And I got to say, this is a nice entry point into the show. <laughs> Sure. It actually does a good job of catching up because these two angels that are talking, these pulsating stars, you're seeing clips of the cast in the the, the, the modern day, and they're saying who each character is. Uh-huh. They're introducing them by names. They're telling you the recent plots. They're explaining they're the love triangles. Yeah, exactly. You're learning about their lives. And I just living now where we binge shows and we watch shows week to week, and we expect there to be a connected continuity. I I kind of forget. Did shows. Is this how shows work? They would always remind you of all the little plot points, or is this just specific to this episode? I think, think it might just be specific to this episode. I mean, I mean, like the narration is a little too spot on, but like they go out of their way to remind you of everything that's preceded this episode, the setup of yeah. it. Well, I don't think they did everything, but I think they did enough to make the story make sense. I, I just feel like it's a nice way into the episode. And I don't know. It's, it's right there in the title. We get what it is because – and the show plays on this. It's a wonderful life, even if you've never seen all of it, which I wouldn't have at the time this aired. It's it's everywhere at Christmas time. It was public domain. It was always on TV, which they make fun of in this episode. They watch it two nights in a row. Yeah. Like it's the perfect – and I'm not making light of it. I know it's one of your favorite movies. I, I'm just saying it's it's the perfect – It'd be like doing a Rudolph joke, or it's when people do their versions of Twas Night Before Christmas. It makes sense. Yes. That they would go for this. I I, I think, and you were describing the plot of uh, It's a Wonderful Life up, up top. Maybe the issue with this is that none of the problems kids these kids are facing in high school are life-altering. No. Uh, to an adult right. watching it. I think us watching 90210, we don't care that uh, Luke Perry has to decide between Brenda and Kelly, Jenny Garth. Kelly, yeah. thank you. We, 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 we don't necessarily care that uh, not Luke Perry and uh, 
what's the 40 year old Gabriel uh, <laughs> catharsis are good friends, but aren't necessarily together. You know, we don't have to care that Brian Austin Green, this was the prop, the, the issue I actually related to Brian Austin Green's character, I guess is younger. Yeah. And all of his friends are going to college. So we may not care about that feeling. And, and we, for some reason, definitely don't care that Donna has to put a Christmas performance together for helpless kids, <laughs> charitable kids, mostly going to challenger. And nobody wants to help her out with this. Like we don't, necessarily care about those issues because we're adults <laughs> true but i could you know at the same time i know what the show's about so if you're going to do that fine that that's important to them yeah, um okay. and so let's follow along and find out what happens when one of them uh didn't exist and how their lives would have been different but oh, that, that's what you wish would happen that's what's supposed to happen in something you're calling it's a totally happening life and that doesn't happen. We just have these angels uh, talking about the issues and like, oh, all of these things that occurred led to this moment that's coming up that, that we need to help them out with. Because what uh, what we find out is that they're all going to end up on a bus going to this. Hating each other, by the way. They, they have all these falling outs. A well-timed falling out. Yeah. Right when Donna needs them the most to go accompany carolers nobody's getting along nobody's getting along and they all decided not to do it so in essence they shouldn't have been on this bus because the bus that's going to the caroler exactly because they all decided no i'm not going to participate if he's if he's doing it i'm not doing it if she's doing it i'm not doing it so they all uh, bow out but at the last minute donna makes them all do it by getting the principal involved and so now everyone has to be on that bus and apparently now that we've realized this isn't going to be it's a wonderful life, it's going to be something else entirely, um, the whole conceit is that this angel, the girl angel, female angel, knows that this bus is going to get hit by a truck. Yes. <laughs> and needs... <laughs> it's very haphazardly introduced into the episode. Yes, it sure is. They're all on the bus. The angel is nervous. She knows something's going to happen. We see a clip of a garbage truck. And a guy drinking, driving that truck. And a guy drinking at the wheel of the garbage truck. We hear Clarence, the other angel, say, oh, no, don't worry. I made it so that so-and-so. By the way, that he's named Clarence. That is not the same Clarence from the movie, not in any way, shape, or form. No, it's the Clarence from Die Hard 2. So name him something else. Well, they're setting up what's going to happen. And basically, all these kids are going to be on the bus and on that fateful day, it was going to be hit by a garbage truck. And I guess all of them were going to be killed. Yes. Each and every That's hilarious. It is. I found the tension of that scene hilarious. But at the same time, what if that had been the start and we saw that accident? Right? Sure. What if your episode was, yeah. And then it's like, because that the one, one cast member who's not on the bus, Joey Tata from the Peach Pit, but the other cast member <laughs> who wasn't a cast member, he was a, a guest star. On this particular episode, Ian Zerling, who plays who? Steve. Steve, who Steve's the troublemaker kid. He's in detention. I don't remember that. I thought Steve was the geek, but apparently he's the bad apple, the yeah, tough guy. He's the tough guy. Brian Austin Green is the the geek. David. Brian Austin Green is eventually a jingle writer because I remember a line on multiple episodes was I got to stay home and write this jingle. <laughs> but uh, Steve, Steve is not on the bus, so he technically is going to witness the crash because he notices the garbage truck. So maybe that could have been your episode, like you're saying. The bus gets hit. He sees it now, and he goes through his life 
mourning the loss of a friend at Christmas time, only to realize, oh, it's just a dream or something. Because sure. what happens in this episode, similar to the MacGyver episode, is right when the garbage truck... By the way, if you haven't watched this episode, none of this probably makes sense <laughs> in the description. But right before the garbage truck collides with the bus... None of that makes sense if you have seen the episode. Well, I'll argue with that. I just... It's hilarious. <laughs> But the 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 angels that are watching this, describing it happen, when the garbage truck is just about to hit the bus, there's a sparkle sound, and the garbage truck passes through the bus magically, as if it's a ghost. No one seems to notice, and everyone's okay, and we find out that, oh, God did that. God decided these kids had to live. And what, so magic exists in this universe. Yeah, it's, it's like insane. And because magic exists in this universe and... Uh, the the storylines progressed like this is a real this really happened in their world, and uh, you know what I mean. It's like oh my god. It's- well, and I guess that's strange. I I but I'm remove that maybe. <laughs> remove the angels narrating it. I mean, it's still it takes place at Christmas. They decorate the trees. There's Christmas car- carolers. This is still what I think no snow. I think was that. that- I th- this is what I think happened. I think, yes, remove that Christmas stuff. And that's the episode they had written for this stage in the story. And then somebody was like, oh, this is going to air a week before Christmas. We've got to make it a Christmas episode. And so and they do. And they it's do. Successful enough. Sh- it's successful enough. It's fine, I suppose. But it's really not. And I'll tell you why. Um, it, so, yeah, they tack this other aspect on. None of it has to happen. These angels that are talking about their story, the, the entire episode, did not do anything to save that bus. They tried to save another car and had the name wrong of that driver. <laughs> I'd like to follow that story. Watch that person right. die. And so their efforts throughout this entire episode were for nothing because God fixed it. And God made the truck miss. I mean, honestly, if God's going to do that, why have the truck there anyway? But whatever. We won't get into that. But the, oh, we won't get into that. <laughs> you don't want to discuss. No, I don't a, because a I want to discuss. A lazy God who chose not to pay attention until his name got attached to some terror. <laughs> he would have let these, he or she would have allowed, as chaos works in a world without a God, which is fine. But if you believe there is a God that has the ability to make these decisions, it was all set up to have the calamity happen, chaos, whatever. Uh-huh. And it's not that it was just by chance because it is about to happen. God interceded only because underlings of God, these two angels, happened to be watching and god didn't want to look bad i guess, I guess. And so magically poof i'm all right it's the holidays my son was born <laughs> jerk you know that yeah that's obnoxious yeah but it, but it's also ridiculous it's totally ridiculous but there could have been a good story here there is a line. There is. There's plot points of merit. Again, I don't watch the show but the angels caught me up enough to know that there are ongoing plot lines that pass through the episodes again similar to the macgyver one it's not like this episode doesn't exist entirely in a vacuum if one was a fan of the show and wanted to follow the plot lines of all these characters week to week you would have to watch this episode you would you would have to see it major things things happen happen. major things happen major things happen um there is a line experimental to tie it into this i mean it's that's a fun novel way to do it but it it's not because it's pointless there's it's ridiculously pointless. You're paying some sort of homage to "It's a Wonderful Life," 
by sure. having some talking angels. But you are not doing the one thing that It's a Wonderful Life is most famously known for and showing one character what their life would have been like, what the world would have been like had they not been in it. And at one stage in the episode, too late for this to actually happen, Andrea questioned what her life would have been like if Brandon hadn't moved there. And holy shit, that's the whole that's what you should have done. Oh, that's a good point. You should have done half the episode. <laughs> really great. Yeah. Half the episode learning about their relationships and what's going on. She gets into Yale, she's in she's happy, she's good, and then she's maybe about to kiss Brandon and and questions what it would be like and whether it's the angel or just a dream sequence whatever, you could have shown that. That would have been the second half of the episode, showing how Andrea and Kelly and Dylan and everybody would be without Brandon and Brenda in their life. That's Fucking awesome for that a Christmas a great episode. Episode of actually, that, that, that's and it, again, you get to play off of the pilot. You can redo things. That yeah, that actually would have been pretty. Good. But what I think happened was they had this one already written. Now it's a Christmas episode. Oh shit! Somebody's like, "Well, it's a Wonderful Life. It's famous." And like, "Okay, let's do that." And somebody said, "Well, it's also public domain." Public domain. And you know what? I've actually never seen it, so let me watch it. Oh shit! It's two hours long. Well, I'll just use the first part where there's angels talking mm-hmm. and not even know that there's like this other important part about seeing what your world would be like without you. And so it's a shitty episode because it promises one thing and doesn't deliver. But the levels of anger here, the MacGyver episode delivers shit. Yeah. You weren't mad at that episode. I was mad at the MacGyver episode, but for Were different you? reasons because it's not a MacGyver episode. This is a 90210 episode that's not a It's a Wonderful Life uh, sp- spin. But it's also, isn't this the show of the three shows you cared about the least? Uh, yes. S- but you're really worked up over this. Is it the missed opportunity or is It's a Wonderful Life so sacred that you can't pretend it's, it's to a, use it without acknowledging it, the whole? I mean, do you, you just wanted him to retell it? Well, I wanted it to be, if you're going to reference it's a wonderful life in so many different ways mm-hmm. get it right it's a jumping off point but, it, but it, then reference it differently don't have it be clarence don't have it be i don't know what you would do differently i guess but the main crux well, i think the idea you had is a great idea because they exactly. do give us that divergent point where uh that old lady wonders what her life would be like if uh uh shannon dotary and not luke perry had never moved there that yeah that Yes, that would have been a better episode. We're not here necessarily to rewrite 90210. We're discussing this one episode. But that is that is a missed opportunity. But this, I feel like this does what it sets out to do. And I'm wondering, is that because I'm not as attached to It's a Wonderful Life the way you are? I mean, are you mad at the source material? I've seen plenty of Star Wars parodies, Ghostbuster parodies. Before Marvel movies were big, you would see the joke version of comic books and comic book fans. And they don't hit all the right buttons. But just hearing it said, you know, I hated Scrubs, but Scrubs talked about Optimus Prime and Megatron, so I enjoyed that reference. I mean... But what if they got it wrong? What if they made an Optimus Prime reference um, and, and just really got the whole concept wrong? I was watching it for a podcast. I guess I'd be worked up. But honestly, I think I would just enjoy hearing the reference. 
with this, I, I, I find it, I, I just, I was surprised how angry you were. Well, I just. Because again, listeners, I don't know if you know, this is a very important movie for Bob. Yeah. The, it's a wonderful life, not it's a totally happening life. It's, I think I was just, and maybe because I watched this one uh, last as well. In fact, I watched it in the same order you did. I started with MacGyver, was disappointed, uh, went to Knight Rider, that was fine. But I didn't have the Christmas episode that I wanted. Like the special pulling at the heartstrings, uh, candlelight and snow Christmas episode. Um, and I thought, if you're going to do a parody of It's a Wonderful Life, that that's going to be the best chance that I'm going to have out of these three. And I guess I was – maybe that's why I'm so upset is because – it it couldn't even do that, and it's so easy to do. It's also, so we're obvious. saying parody. It's actually not a parody. It's not a parody. We're I'm saying just parody. Short, short. Maybe hand. that's what we're expecting. Yeah, some sort of homage to "It's a Wonderful Life," a retelling of "It's a Wonderful Life" in 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 the form of nine hundred two one zero, and it didn't happen. And the fact that they use those tropes of "It's a Wonderful Life" to not even do anything with it, uh, just really, yeah, it pissed me off. No, that's very apparent. Yeah. I feel like the go-to tropes normally for a Christmas special are either the gift of the Magi, where it's two people, you know, getting the gift for the other that's somehow connected. It's like, I sold my hair to buy you. What is it? I sold my hair so I could buy you this condom. I sold my balls so you can <laughs> got my tubes fixed so I could get you this brush. What that, is it? That, you know, that no, story? that's exactly that it. Oh, Henry, yeah. Yeah. So like, you'll see that. Like, I know there's a Sesame Street version of that, and there's other, you know, probably other sitcoms that do that. Or you do the Christmas Carol, which is the ghost of Christmas present, past, and future. Like, you'll see that sometimes. Which I guess It's a Wonderful Life does that too, huh? That's kind of a little bit of a Scrooge story where it's like, here's the past, going through the past. So I'm surprised they didn't do that one, actually. I feel like this one, maybe they had the title. But at the same time, we're in a different time now. In 1992, Holidays, yes, It's a Wonderful Life was on TV all the time. It was background noise because, again, it was public domain. It was the movie I never saw that I knew was a Christmas movie. I got the jokes in Gremlins about it. I got the jokes and references when people made it without seeing it. So it it was kind of this, not the movie itself, because the movie means a lot to you, but it was noise. Sure. You know, it's a version of a jingle bell or something. Yeah. So for them to tackle it the way they did kind of makes sense i i didn't mind this i mean i think it's ridiculous but i think this is a ridiculous show and again your proposal of what they should have done with the alternate reality without uh without shannon dotery and not luke perry that would have been ideal and that's i'm sorry that that doesn't exist and we can't travel through time to make it but i don't know i i thought this was fine it was passable i would watch it again if it showed up on christmas and reruns this is the kind of thing that if it just showed up i'd watch it you know what else is passable school buses apparently go right through them (laughs) right through them if if you're driving a garbage truck i'm more because you did ask me how would i feel if if they got miss prime's name wrong i don't know if i have this feeling anymore that you have that this they step out of the holidays and just talk about this movie Something you care so much about was treated in your mind poorly by another piece of pop culture. And I find that interesting. Yeah. Because I know I used to be there. And we're not the same people. So when I did it, it was for show. And it was to be identified with it. It would be like, they're not getting comic books, right? That's the wrong reference. See my t-shirt? See my collection? That's what I was doing. I just wanted to be the fanboy. I wanted to be Jason Lee and Mallrats. But you... There's not a Jason Lee who defends this movie. So your, 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 your anger, while I think performed a little bit for the nature of the podcast 
at the heart of it, it is there is a different attachment to this film for you. Yeah, for sure. And I, it's such a traditional movie to every single one of my Christmases. And honestly, I think it's just, it's, 90210 has pissed me off because it would be, it's just so easy to get right. And they seem to even, they just, blow, they don't even give a shit. They don't, they don't care about what the source material was doing. They got Clarence wrong. They got the whole conceit wrong. Uh, and so, and again, like you're saying, who knows? They didn't care that they weren't getting it right. That wasn't their point, I guess. But that's that, that's how I've come away from it. I feel like we stepped all over something of yours. So and you already know this. I'm going to act like I'm just thinking it now, but you already know. I think what we need to do, and not now, good listener, because this is, we're wrapping things up. But next week, next week, I'm going to ask everyone to come back because Bob and I are going to be talking something that I think is second only to Huey Lewis in the news in your opinion of the world. Maybe right above Oasis, maybe side by side with Harry Connick Jr. What I'm saying is next week on the show, next week on 20th Century Pop, if you tune in a week from the Thursday that this one drops, Bob and I are going to be discussing, we're telling you this in advance, uh, the holiday classic that uh, not Luke Perry peed on. Uh, It's a Wonderful Life. Yay! Next week, right? We're gonna the we're real gonna, thing. We'll, we'll we'll actually give some talk because it's not a movie I know that well. I've only seen it once, so we'll talk about that. I, I know it's big for you. That's what we'll be doing next week. Uh, this is what we did this week, and if you liked what we did this week, or if you're more curious to what we'll be doing in further weeks, I would invite you to check out 20popcast.com. That's the website for the show. It always has the most recent episode up streaming, as well as links to all of our past episodes you can listen to. Uh, If you're on that page, you can subscribe to the show. That way you get a new episode every week, which is even better than having to go seek it out. Uh, There are links on the website to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and other podcasters like that. You can also find us uh, there. There'll be links to our Facebook page, to us on Twitter, at 20popcast, Instagram, also at 20popcast. I would invite, implore, and beg you as a listener to get involved there. Tweet us something, look at us on Instagram, or, or leave a little comment. Somehow just let us know if you're watching the show, listening to the show. Because if you're watching it, you're probably not getting anything out of a static image. But if you're listening to it, let us know. I'd love to hear that. This fell apart. Bob? Yeah, let us know what uh, what hour-long drama that you recall being an actual um, decent... Wait, let me start that sentence over. <laughs> I would like to know if there is an hour-long drama from your past that you think does a good job of encapsulating yeah. the Christmas spirit and being a standalone good holiday episode. Uh, so do tweet us there. You can tweet to me uh, or the show. Uh, I am at RH Canning, and Tim gave you all the other stuff. So, yeah, let's hear from you. That's it, everyone. Oh, okay. <laughs> Lights, trees, music. The whole spirit of the season makes me feel great. It confuses me. What could a paunchy man in a red suit possibly have to do with the birth of a religious leader? Get Christmas is a time for giving and a time for love. And Santa is the greatest giver of them all. Speaking of giving, I'm a bit perplexed about what to get you. Being a car, it's rather difficult to know what's appropriate.
Anything but pajamas, cheap cologne, ties, and argyle socks. Especially argyle socks. Why those items? Because my folks can never think of anything else to give me for Christmas. I have got a lifetime supply of men's accessories. 